Radio 191FM podcast. In Otipoti, a local government stirs. Oh yeah! Every three years, the magnates of municipal management compete for the top seat. It takes some pain to wear the chains. Is it their fate to sit for an official portrait? This is 2019 Dunedin Merrill Mania! You're right, indeed. Merrill Mania here on Radio 191 FM, the Otago Museum Breakfast Show. And this morning I am joined by Lee Vanivis and Aaron Hawkins. Morena to you both. Kia ora, Jamie. G'day. How are we today? Pretty well. Good, good. Aaron? Yeah, very good, thank you. Oh, fantastic. All right, um, we'll start with some opening statements uh, from you, Lee. Well, uh, the Merrill Mania, the wearing of the chains... I don't think most people, and in fact most candidates, don't know how heavy those chains are going to be with a billion dollar debt this year. Uh, A lot of people don't realise that the Dunedin City Council is the biggest business that we all have a share in, uh, but that we've had poor leadership, which which has meant we don't have good value from the DCC. Uh, I have been a councillor for 12 years. Uh, I'm your most business and council experienced mayoral candidate who had almost twice as many votes as any other councillor at the last election. Uh, (coughs) I have helped during the 12 years as a councillor to expose and correct multi-million dollar DCC losses in company subdivisions, incompetent poll replacement programs, the city fleet frauds, mud tank, cycleway and other contracting incompetence, and widespread deferred maintenance. I'm the only councillor who's had the courage to consistently complain about non-performance by staff and I have paid quite a high price for making my voice known. We have a looming unsustainable billion dollar debt which I plan to reverse by cutting $80 billion of vanity projects like the $60 million George Street Exchange cycleway deferring $85 million in premature projects, selling proven liabilities, and by overhauling contracting. (coughs) As your Mayor, I will use my long political and successful business team leader experience to refocus a better DCC, better drainage, less jobs for the boys, more parking, and more opportunities for all of us. Uh, Is there anything else that I should cover? No, yeah, I think you've covered it all, Lee. Eh? I think you've covered it all. All right, Aaron Hawkins, go. Yeah, thank you. Uh, kia ora koutou, uh, and uh, my name's Aaron Hawkins. I'm asking you to elect me as your next mayor. Uh, I think that Dunedin is heading in the right direction, but we need to build on our momentum. Uh, my plan is to build a city where everyone has access to what Dunedin has to offer, and now and into the future. Uh, my wife and I have a three-year-old son, Our job is to make sure that he, uh, his friends and their children uh, get to grow up in a fair and inclusive society uh, with a safer climate future. The social and environmental well-being of our community must be our top priority. The success of everything we do, every decision we make, needs to be measured in those terms. We need hard-working and effective leadership at the council table that can deliver on those values. Uh, Imagine a city where uh, buses are free, where cycling and walking is safe, People are paid a decent wage and go home to a warm, dry house that they can afford, where we know our neighbours and work together to help each other when times are tough. A zero-carbon city 
that looks after our natural environment. Uh, we've made a start, and I'm, I'm proud of that. The council is now a living wage employer, and we've brought our zero carbon target forward to 2030, and we're investing more than ever in building stronger, more resilient communities. But we need to do more. I will lead a council that delivers more public housing, cheaper bus fares, and a greater investment in our natural environment. I'm the only candidate with a strong track record of working positively with staff and getting broad political support to make progress on the issues that matter to our community. And I think that's worth repeating. I'm the only candidate with a strong track record of working positively with staff and getting broad political support to make progress on the big issues uh, for a fairer and more inclusive future. Uh, vote one, Aaron Hawkins for Mayor. All right, um, I'll begin with you for this question, Aaron. Uh, mm. Transport, it's been a talking point uh, for Dunedin Nights as of late, well, for a long time, uh, with upgrades to the cycle network, changes to bus routes and the new hub, uh, the removal of car parks, more changes in the pipeline um, with, you know, the potential for George Street to go one way um, and more pedestrian-friendly um, centre city. Uh, are you happy with the current state of transport in the city uh, and what, if any, changes would you try to implement if you became the mayor? So Dunedin has a growing population, and that's a new phenomenon uh, for us of late, which means we also have a, a growing vehicle fleet uh, driving around uh, and a growing expectation in our community that they can bike and walk around without fear of death or serious injury. Uh, but we also only have the same amount of road space to allocate to meet all of those competing needs. Uh, the biggest transport problem we have currently is that too many people still have to rely on uh, driving everywhere they need to go because we haven't made the alternative to that attractive enough for enough people. Uh, so uh, the, 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 the answers lie in doing that, making the alternatives more attractive, uh, making our, our, our bus system uh, more affordable, ultimately it should be free uh, and more efficient, and, con and continuing to invest in uh, cycling and walking so that people like me, uh, who don't have a genuine need to have to park in close proximity to the places that I need to access, uh, don't have to, which frees up the limited resource we have for people with genuine need, whether it's mobility issues or delivery vehicles or, um, or hospital visitors or whatever. Uh, so that's the focus. You can't just continually build uh, more car parking. The, the, it's called induced demand. It's like adding lanes to a motorway. It might fix the problem for a month, uh, but things just expand to fill the space that you're, uh, that you're given. Uh, and on top of that, I mean, you mentioned uh, the work uh, happening in the city centre and, and around the university. Uh, I'm proud to uh, be a part of a council that has committed to making our streets uh, more pedestrian friendly, more people friendly, uh, more family friendly, uh, because you know the, our public spaces belong to all of us. Uh, and, and for far too long, uh, we've worked backwards from planning our city around um, the, the storage, more so even than the movement of private motor vehicles. Uh, that has to change for two reasons. One, uh, for environmental uh, reasons, because that is our biggest opportunity in terms of the transition to a zero carbon economy, uh, but also for social access reasons. We have too many families in Dunedin who still can't access all of what the city has to offer because transport is too much of a barrier. Okay, let's move on to Lee, same question for you. Right. Um, uh, Aaron has claimed that we've got the same amount of road space. In fact, we're getting a lot less road space now because 
of a decade of uh, the Cull Council wanting to move away from cars and wanting to reduce car parking each year, which is uh, a Cull policy which is stated in those terms in the ODT. Um, we have lost road space on the one-way system to cycleways. Uh, Cockroach Valley used to be a four-lane road. It's been reduced to two lanes again uh, for unused cycleways. Uh, the southern end of Portobello Road used to be a four-lane road. It's now two lanes. $1.2 million wasted essentially uh, in producing a very small amount of cycleway there that could easily have just been uh, put on the existing unused footpath. We have had an ideology from central government. We have political party meddling creating hundreds of millions of dollars worth of debt for Dunedin citizens and we've got nothing for it but cycleways and further deferred maintenance. Okay, okay. Uh, next question. What do you see, um, Lee, as the council's biggest failure of the last term, and how do you plan to fix that? The biggest failure has been to refuse to actually accept any bad news or accept that anything hasn't been well done. Uh, the council has refused to acknowledge that the cycleway designs have been appalling, that the experiment of mixing heavy traffic and cyclists down the one-way street has been an abject and expensive failure, that in fact most of the uh, extreme uh, problems that we face have been caused by uh, council incompetence and again not recognising the problem has been the main problem. You can't fix a problem if you don't recognise it and identify it clearly. If you can identify your problems clearly, and I have endeavoured to do that and got a lot of flack for it, you're halfway to solving them. If you pretend that there is no problem, that's when you get the real issues, which we now have. A billion dollars worth of debt. Unsustainable, meaning that we actually can't do anything. The mural chains are going to be very heavy for the next term because there is no money. Right, Aaron. Well, it would have been quicker if you'd asked him what he thought we've done right uh, over the last uh, three It years. would have been much quicker. We can agree on that. <laughs> um, I think uh, it's, it's not so much a question of failure, it's a question of urgency for me. So we have, um, I think, made a lot of progress uh, at a policy level and at a, a strategic level around setting, um, setting the direction that the city is heading in. So uh, we've brought forward, our, as I mentioned, we brought forward our, our target of being a zero carbon city to 2030. Uh, we got an extra million dollars in our budget over the next two years to accelerate our climate change planning work. Um, you know, those, uh, those are important long-term issues that the city is facing, uh, and, and if anything, uh, we've, we've not responded with the urgency that those issues demand. And I would have said six months ago that uh, declaring a climate emergency and getting that money in the budget and accelerating that work program would have been impossible, uh, and it's only because we have thousands of young people now marching in the streets as they will do again on Friday, uh, demanding uh, that government take these issues more seriously seriously because uh, it's been impotent up until this point for generations despite knowing uh, what the problems are and despite knowing uh, what most of the solutions are. Uh, so I think, so I'd like to thank them for their work in pushing politicians to finally start making traction on this uh, before it's too late uh, because the, the transition to a, a zero carbon city uh, and a, a zero carbon uh, economy internationally uh, is the, the single biggest priority we have to face and managing that in a way uh, that is uh, fair and just for everyone in our 
our, our community because you know, locally, nationally and internationally, uh, the people who have by and large done the least to contribute to causing the problem uh, are the ones who are at the pointiest end of it. So we can't forget that. Uh, you know, the just transition is more than a, a slogan. Uh, we have to make sure that the solutions to uh, our climate uh, challenge are fair and inclusive for everyone. Uh, so, you know, we, we're heading in the right direction as a city. We just need to um, move more quickly. And, and, and likewise, around public housing, uh, we need to provide more uh, more rental accommodation in particular for people on low incomes. We finally have a central government who's committed to building houses rather than selling them. Uh, but, but council needs to step up and contribute to uh, to that challenge as well. So you're saying, because of the question, you're saying that the council has failed on its um, tackling of climate, cha climate emergency and housing? No, I'm not saying that they've failed on that. I'm saying that the, it's not a question of failure, it's a question of urgency. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, um, Lee, this is a question for you. Um, from what we can see um, from outside of the chambers, you've had at times a stressed relationship with councillors and council staff. Yes. Um, now, the jo there's, there's many facets to the job of being the mayor. Uh, one of them is you're the leader of the team. Um, relationships are important um, if you you know if you, if you want to do well in the top job uh, and if you get the job top job uh, how will you ensure that the council is for the most part a harmonious place where you can all work together and not letting personal politics and policy get in the way of good sound policy for the people of Dunedin easy and that is because I don't have personal politics I don't belong to any particular political persuasion I haven't been put into the job by a political party and by political money. I don't owe anybody anything. I don't take donations from anybody else. Uh, I am the independent option for the mayoralty and I am the person who actually has practical experience and has the practical know-how to ensure that the work of the council actually starts to become, in terms of climate adaptation for instance, uh, pumps and um, pipes focused rather than producing impotent paperwork like zero carbon dates, earlier carbon plans, energy reports, CO2 emissions reports and declarations of climate emergency which do nothing for the people of Dunedin. These are all party political positions. What we need is better pumps and pipes for South Dunedin. We need to ensure that the appalling 2015 floods that ruined so many people's lives and caused $175 million worth of devastation never happens again. The Dutch do it all the time without any problem at all. Pumps and pipes is what we need to spend the money on, not the kind of thing that Aaron's been pushing for quite successfully, I have to say, on council. Aaron, do you want to quickly reply to that? Uh, well, two things. You can't fix climate change with pumps and pipes, unfortunately. Oh, you oh, can oh, fix oh, the effects oh, that hold on, occur hold on, to us. Hold on. Oh, oh, were it so simple. Uh, but the only thing that I would respond to is that this preposterous notion that somebody can be void of politics and, and, and an empty shell of independence. Everybody has a political worldview. Everybody uh, brings their values and experience to the job. To pretend that they're an empty vessel that can just blow with the wind of popular opinion uh, is, uh, is disingenuous, to be quite honest. At least I'm open and transparent about what I believe in and what's important to me. I don't blow with the wind. I go with what people vote for me 
to do. I represent the people. I don't go there with my own political party agenda. All right, uh, moving on. A question for you, Aaron. Um, mm. You know, you, one of your big things is your vision for a zero carbon economy um, um, and fighting the climate emergency. Obviously, you know, you've already talked about that. But uh, how can this be achieved uh, without, you know, affecting our standard of living, uh, without huge ra- um, rises in our rates? How are you? How can we transition to a zero carbon com- economy without it uh, settling us with with debt? Um, well, the idea the idea that if um, we don't do anything now, uh, it'll be exponentially more expensive later is uh, is valid. I think the council's uh, there's two things that council has direct influence over. So roughly half of our carbon footprint as a city, if you're talking about mitigation, is uh, is around transport. Uh, so that is a responsibility of local government. So that's about making public transport more efficient and, and affordable, so that people use it, and making uh, active transport, which is in si- which is cycling and walking, uh, a, an option for more people uh, who currently don't take that up because they have a, a risk, a fear of, uh, of death or serious injury. Uh, the other thing is around uh, waste and minimising waste to landfill and upping our game in terms of how we manage uh, recycling and looking at organic waste collection and those sorts of things. Uh, but that also involves uh, dealing with uh, the Ministry for the Environment uh, who are doing some stuff around what they call a mandatory product stewardship, which is effectively making the producers of waste take some responsibility for dealing with the life cycle of that product, so old tyres, batteries, etc uh, because at the moment uh, they're making the money out of the, these industries but it's local councils that have to clean up after them and I don't think that is fair so sharing that uh, responsibility uh, with the private sector is, uh, is an incredibly important part of trying to achieve our, our goals around waste uh, outside of transport and uh, and waste, in terms of the transition to a zero carbon economy, there's a significant role for local government to play in advocacy and pushing our government to be more ambitious and more supportive of our community's ambitions uh, to take our environmental challenges seriously. So that's about uh, setting targets and setting milestones at a national level uh, and supporting local councils to do the work that our community overwhelmingly are asking us to do. Uh, and I don't think we can turn up with our hand out in Wellington and saying, can you please help us with our adaptation uh, and infrastructure costs, which will be significant in dealing with a more volatile climate, if we're not also doing everything that is within our own power uh, to reduce our uh, to reduce our footprint as a city. Uh, we have a moral obligation uh, to take this seriously, uh, and I think uh, certainly if there's any kind of funding discussion to be had with government, uh, we couldn't I couldn't ask them for support in any good conscience uh, if we were ignoring the challenge ourselves. Okay, so uh, do you want to reply to? Well, um, uh, so long I've forgotten the original question, but (laughs) in terms of advocacy to central government, what a joke. Uh, As if central government is going to take any notice of Dunedin, who has managed to dig itself a billion-dollar debt hole, can't control its own companies, uh, has has done nothing but but produce competently designed cycleways, and and has had basically a culture at council of nobody that sticks their head above the parapet and complains about anything uh, will get anything but strife. It's been a shoot the messenger council for the last nine years. I've been the main messenger. And um, the idea that central government will take any notice of our submissions to them, I think, is laughable. Well, they listened when we demanded that they restore our historic courthouse building, and they listened to us when we demanded that we rebuild our tertiary hospital in the CBD. I think persistence, of all things, I would expect Councillor Vandivers to have an appreciation of, uh, but I don't think it's right 
to say that advocacy from local government is ineffective and a waste of time because this council has led campaigns that have proved the absolute opposite of that. That's not true. They didn't listen at all. What we did was we were mouthpieces for the political party agenda to put the hospital where it now is, the most expensive, most uh, uh, polluted, most noisy uh, and least parking available possible area in the city. This was a political party agenda. They didn't listen to us. They told us what to do and certain uh, party political elements within the DCC played their tune for them. Explain. We've been played by central government, not the other way around. Explain, explain, explain the courthouse then, Lee. I'm going to have to leave this question here and we're going to have to move on, sorry. Uh, I'm going to give you a minute to answer uh, these next two questions, one for each again. Um, Lee, uh, the city debt has raised, uh, well, the limit has been raised by $65 million to $350 million. Um, You plan to shrink the debt um, rather than increase it, but how do you plan to deal with the urgent core infrastructure projects like the water pipes, um, like uh, rebuilding Aurora's network, uh, a new landfill, things like that. Um, how do you plan to do that at the same time of paying down the debt? Uh, thank you. Uh, first of all, you stop spending $60 million on turning George Street into a glorified cycleway. There's a $60 million saving. You stop tarting up the streets around the university, the so-called tertiary precinct, there's another $20 million. You defer the $45 million project that is blown out to $65 million for an extra chunk of cycleway round the uh, peninsula. You stop spending money willy-nilly on things we don't need and you start spending it on the things that you have just suggested. Basic infrastructure, drainage, getting the companies under control. Uh, Aurora, I'm, I'm suspecting, is such a basket case and the attempts to actually reform it have been uh, so unsuccessful for so long that we would have to look at actually selling part of it off. The central Otago uh, section of Aurora, the Lions Company, is imminently saleable at the moment because there are two companies very keen to buy it. Um, we have proven that we cannot run the business properly. We should sell that liability off. Okay. That will release the funds that we need to make sure that the basic infrastructure finally works and we don't have a repeat of the maintenance deferred problems caused by the 2015 disastrous floods. Okay, Aaron, um, basically the same question, but you mm. say you're comfortable with the current le de uh, debt levels in the city, uh, you know, uh, but they do seem to be ballooning out. Uh, and there is going to be increases, uh, high increases of rates over the next 30 years. Um, so how do you plan to tackle the debt? Well, well firstly, I don't support the full or partial sale of any of our council-owned companies. Uh, I think uh, I find it also remarkable that uh, any successful businessman would consider uh, what the debt level is without considering what our assets are. So council debt is currently at $220 million. Our limit is $350 million, uh, But that's compared to an asset base of $3 billion. So to put that in perspective, uh, you're talking about a $22,000 mortgage on a $300,000 house. And just like buying a house, you don't stash up all the money into a suitcase until you've got it all and go to the bank and buy one. Uh, you, you buy it and pay it off over the life of your use of that asset. So we're putting in work that'll last 50, 70 to 100 years at the moment. It is fair uh, to cover the cost of that over the generations of people uh, that will benefit from that investment. The alternative uh, is paying for everything now out of your current 
uh, operating budget, uh, which would blow out your rates rises, asking everyone in this community now to pay for all of the cost of things that will last us a hundred years. And obviously that wouldn't be palatable, so you wouldn't do that either. So this fixation on debt as inherently bad and the drive to zero, I find hard to believe is anything other than a, a small government dog whistle to stop council doing things and an excuse to sell off, uh, sell off the city's silverware in order to achieve that. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, it's uh, time for final statements. Um, sell yourselves, please, uh, gentlemen. Um, we'll start with you, Aaron. Uh, well, well, I feel like I've already done it. I mean, I think the, the direction the city is heading in is positive, but we need to build on our momentum and we need to focus on achieving uh, uh, the social and environmental well-being of our community. Everything else that we do uh, needs to achieve uh, needs to be need to achieve that to be measured in those terms. Uh, but I think in terms of what the job is of uh, being uh, the next mayor of the city, uh, you need to be a, you need someone who can demonstrate the ability to work constructively with staff and build broad political support uh, to make these things a reality. Otherwise. You know the the promises you make on a campaign trail are empty, and so what I've done over the last three to six years is build strong uh, political consensus uh, to get decisions that make an impact on things that matter to our community, uh, particularly around our social, environmental, uh, cultural, and economic well-being. That's what I will continue to do uh, as Dunedin's me next mayor uh, for a fairer and more inclusive future. Vote one, Aaron Hawkins for mayor. Finally. I completely agree with Aaron that the social environmental well-being is the business of the DCC. But playing party politics and increasing our debt by ten times is no way to do that. You cannot actually do anything for social or environmental well-being unless you have financial well-being. And what we have is a financial disaster. We have a financial disaster which could be turned around if the will was there, uh, spending tens of millions of dollars every year just on interest payments, and remember we're still locked into 4.65% because of uh, bad loans uh, ideas that uh, we are stuck with uh, for, for some time now. Uh, we cannot do anything for the environment without money, we cannot do anything for society without money, and pretending that we can just keep on borrowing and take comfort in the $3 billion worth of assets that the city has assets, by the way, which we can't sell, and if uh, Councillor Hawkins had ever run a business, he would know that borrowing uh, to keep your operations going uh, based on an asset basis, which was the same when we only had a tenth of the debt we now have, is a, is a recipe for financial disaster. Business is what the uh, city council is about. If we don't run it in a business-like way, we are going to suffer unnecessarily and not be able to develop into the future. All right. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you both for coming in this morning. Thanks, it's been Jamie. a pleasure. Um, have a wonderful day, and good luck to you both. Uh, tomorrow's show at Habasa will be joined by Christine, Gary, and Malcolm Spittle. Uh, so tune in from 8.30 tomorrow. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.